Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. You've made the best decision you could possibly make by tuning your ear to the Word of God. I would love to invite you to stay updated with us on Facebook and YouTube. You can find us at Revival House Church. Father, bless this person and let the seed of the Word multiply 30, 60, and 100 times over in Jesus' name. Share some other testimonies while we're waiting on those. Hannah, will you come up? We had a, you going to come up with a baby? Yeah, come on up. Let's see this miracle baby. Y'all give Hannah a round of applause. You know, I want to take time to do this as I'm getting testimonies in the week, because it's not only important for you to receive the word, but this is a celebration service at this church. We don't, we don't, we're not raising up dead religious Christians. Amen. We're raising up Christians that are taking the word of God like a sword and going out and kicking the devil's rear end every week. Amen. Amen. And so we're, we're getting all kinds of testimonies, victories people are having in their life. And so the Bible says that we overcome by the blood of the lamb. That's what Jesus did for us. And by the word of our testimony. I need to let her talk because I'm, I'm talking and everyone's staring right here at this baby. So <laughs> praise God. Go ahead and tell the story of kind of what. You, you know the details. Go ahead. Um, two weeks ago, we had Joseph um, during Sunday morning service. Um, it was a complete surprise to me that we were going to do that, um, even though he was almost two weeks late. Um, and tell the story behind that, because he was, how many days did you have until they were going to try to make you go to the doctor? He had 24 hours from when I think I went into labor until the midwife was going to come to my house and we were going to hit, we, we were just going to do everything that we could to get him to come. Um, and then if he didn't come that day, we would have to go to the hospital the next day to be induced because we were at 42 weeks and we couldn't have a birth at home anymore. Um, and... It's a blessing, amen. But um, I ended up going into labor early Sunday morning. I didn't realize it. My water broke behind the piano here asking for, um, asking for music because I didn't realize I was in labor. But at that point, I realized I was. And, hey, we should probably go home. She stops practice, and she goes, I need to go home. <laughs> and just starts waddling out the room. Are you okay? She walked outside. Either I just peed myself or this baby's coming. Um, he was born a little, a little under two hours after we left here. It was a quick delivery, which was fantastic. The midwife almost missed it. Um, if we'd stayed here, I would have missed it. Um, but we, uh, he, was, he was born. It was great. But uh, after that, things didn't go quite as well as we'd hoped. Um, I was just super happy that he was here and wasn't really registering what was going on. And um, turns out he was purple. He was not breathing. His heart rate was fairly low. Um, the midwife was giving him oxygen through the little, you know, through the little mask, and they bag him and things like that. She was sucking mucus out of his out of his mouth and um, out of. I don't think she did his nose, but definitely out of his mouth. Um, 
and we were just trying to kind of get him to respond and I'm still not really registering like what's going on um, and then at one point she says James if he doesn't start breathing we're gonna have to call 911 and at that point I snapped out of what whatever happy trance I was in and I went wait no no that's not happening because the week before he was born three weeks ago at prayer the Lord gave us a word that said we would have a natural labor and delivery and we would not have any hospitals, that we wouldn't have to go to the hospital at all. And so before my flesh could respond, my spirit responded and said, no, that's not happening. And I started saying that word over him. You will live and you will not die. We will not go to the hospital because the Lord said we didn't have to. You will breathe you will cry and I just said it over and over and over and I have no idea how long we sat there because nobody said anything about time um, so I have no idea how long we sat there but the midwife did say James go call 911 I looked up James pulled his phone out of his pocket and he started walking out the room and Joseph made the faintest little squeak and then he made another little squeak and then the midwife called James back in and said, oh, no, 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 don't call 911. And then he was crying, and he, his heart rate came up, and he was breathing, and he wasn't purple anymore. And he was just... Hallelujah. Before you continue the story, somebody say, the word works. The word works. You know, that's so important. It's not a part of my message today, but you need to learn how to respond in every situation. That's so pivotal. She had received a word from God. And I'll tell you, too, that's why it's important not to miss anointed times, anointed services. We were in a prayer meeting. And for every reason, that night, we, we brought her up praying. The Holy Ghost is real. Jesus is alive. He actually speaks to people, and he actually helps people. And, and when we laid hands on her, the word of the Lord came. You will. Because remember, she had already been over her, her due date. And they were like, if something doesn't happen, you're going to have to go to the hospital. You're going to have to get induced. So that's a bold word to give. To step out and, well, hope things go well. No. The Lord says, you will have this baby at home. And you will not go to the hospital in Jesus' name. Amen. So when that problem started happening... Instead of just caving and getting in her flesh, she stood on the word of God and began to confess it. You, will you have to breathe. Why? Because if you don't breathe, we're going to the hospital. And the Lord said we're not going to the hospital. Therefore, you must breathe. You must live. This mountain must move. I'm going to tell you something, guys. The word of God works. Amen. Come on, praise God for that. Then what happened? Um, things were rocking and rolling, moving on. The midwives were wrapping everything up, getting ready to, um, to leave. They got me up to go to the bathroom and take care of things. Um, on the way, I got super dizzy. Like, my fingers were tingling, my ears were ringing, um, tunnel vision. It was, I think I said to the person with me, don't let me fall, um, kind of like that. Um, finished in the bathroom, got back in the bed. They were doing, I don't know what they were doing. I think they might have been looking at Joseph, something like that. Um, but I start feeling myself bleed a lot. And I can, I can feel it. I can feel it on the pad underneath me. I can feel it start pooling a little bit like it's not absorbing. Um, and I had mentioned to them that I got really dizzy on the way to the bathroom. 
and they said, if that happens again, let us know. And while I was sitting there, just not doing anything, it started, it started happening again. It started ringing, my, my fingers got all tingly, I felt like I was gonna pass out, and they were like, okay, we need to get you, we need to get you flat. Um, turns out I had started hemorrhaging, and um, it, it wasn't stopping. They started massaging my uterus, doing, you know, doing everything that they're supposed to, and they, they figured out that I had a, a good amount of clots um, that were forming, and so that was causing things to not really work right. Um, so they keep massaging, they do everything that they can. Um, nothing's starting to work. So they give me an herbal supplement to see if it will slow the bleeding down, and it does not. So they wait a few minutes and they give me a different herbal supplement and it still doesn't slow any of the bleeding down. So after another few minutes, they give me a big shot of Pitocin, which is supposed to stop the bleeding because that's what they'll give you in the hospital, but that didn't do anything. So we're still just pooling blood. Um, it's, it's not good at this moment. And so the midwife tells James again, if this doesn't stop, we're gonna have to go back to the hospital. We're gonna have to go to the hospital. And there comes that word again. The and um, when she said that, I did the same thing that I did with Joseph. I started saying no. The Lord said no hospitals, and I believe the word of the Lord. So we're not going to the hospital. The bleeding will stop. The clots will pass. We're not going to the hospital. And again, I have no idea how long any of the any time passed because I had no I have no recollection of. I know. I have no recollection of like time on that day, but um, eventually the bleeding did stop. It, it just all of a sudden it just quit, and and it hasn't. It never started again. There was never any lightheadedness, never anything like that. But they weighed all the pads after we had finished, and they determined that I lost close to a liter and a half of blood. Now to put that in perspective, like a two liter Coke bottle, like three quarters of that would have just been blood that I lost. And so that's, it, was, it was a lot of blood, but the, the, the world responded when I told it, no, we're not going to the hospital. And then within 24 hours of his birth, I had passed all the clots. There was three of them, hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand like a circle, honey. Sorry. Like a C. They were at least they were at least this big. All three of them. Um, no, not not there. At least that big. All three of them. But by 24 hours they had all passed. My uterus was back where it was supposed to be. Um, and we've been great ever since. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. You know, and that's, that's what we endeavor. Oh, thank you. That's what we endeavor to teach people at this church. The Bible says in Mark 11, 22 through 24, Jesus said, have faith in God. Someone say, have faith in God. Have faith in God. You know, and you need to understand, again, we were talking about this in the Bible class this morning. It's not, 
It, it, that's an, uh, kind of a revised English rendition of what it actually says. The, the original says, have faith of God. Have the faith of God. Say, have the faith of God. And then he goes on to say, what does it mean to operate in, in God-like faith? Look at this. He said, I tell you the truth, you can say, say I can say. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You know, and, and I always warn you guys, I don't listen to Christian radio because of the horrible theology on it. And if you do, praise God. I'm not trying to, you know. Convince you not to. But you hear stuff like that. Anybody ever heard that song? If you don't move the mountains, I'm asking you to move. It's a cute little catchy song. But then Christians build their life off of cute little songs that are on the radio. But is that what Jesus said? Pray to God and ask the Lord. Lord, if it be thy will, your ways are greater than my ways. Move the mountain for me. Is that what he said? He said, you can say to the mountain. So who has to speak to the mountain? Say me. I have to speak to the mountain. You can say to the mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. You know what a lot of Christians would do right there and where they'll miss it? Because God, guys, listen, God's not that complicated to figure out. Figure out what his word says and just do what his word says. What a lot of Christians would have done, what Hannah could have done is whenever Joseph wasn't breathing, oh, Lord, please, right now, Lord, please help us. Lord, there's a mountain in front of us, and we're asking that you would please come and divinely intervene. Lord, please do something. That's not what Jesus said. He said, you speak to the mountain in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ, and it will move. I love how in that story she said she didn't even address God because God, as far as God was concerned, it was already done. She said, you will live in Jesus' name. No ifs, ands, buts, maybes, or doubts about it. I'm not going to question the will of God because the Bible says the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. A lot of people, their kid will get sick. A lot of babies are born. Tragically, too. Coincidentally, after, you know, this uh, vaccine comes out, now babies and people, there's more women having placenta ruptures and, and, and sudden infant death syndrome, horrible stuff that's taking place. In a lot of places, you just see a lot of babies being pre, born premature and having problems. We know a couple we went to Bible college where they had a baby. Baby got some rare form of cancer, died a few months old, got pregnant, got another baby. Uh, baby got another rare form of cancer, died at just a few months old. That's not God that does that. Who comes to kill? God, did Jesus say, I came to kill? The enemy comes to kill. The enemy comes to steal. And the enemy comes to destroy. You know, people will find themselves in that situation. And, and unfortunately, because the church hasn't been doing its job, people don't have enough word in them to back the devil up. People will find themselves in a situation. Maybe their kid's the one that's in the hospital. They don't have enough, well, Lord, we're just praying that you would help us and that you would intervene. And listen, I know, I'm not, I'm not shaming you if you've ever done that because you're crying out to God and God loves you. But here's the thing, for a lack of knowledge, the Bible says people perish. 
Well, so-and-so died because his ways are higher than my ways. No, so and so, people die all the time because the church isn't teaching the Christians how to walk in the authority of God's word. Are you with me? You can say to this mountain, be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. Say, it will happen. Not it might happen, not maybe it'll happen. If you grab a hold of Bible faith, we just, well... Sometimes Christianity's mountain high and valley low. And how many of you know you got to go to the top of the mountain so that it, at some point you got to come off of the mountain and you got to go into the valley? And that's all we're teaching people. It's not how to move mountains, but how to take a hike around mountains. Amen. There's people that are spending years of their life with obstacles that have come in front of them that they're just trying to structure their life, trying to get around this. And they've spent years trying to hike around this, obst this obstacle, this struggle, this problem. When Jesus said how to deal with it, speak to it in faith and tell it to move and believe. You can ask anything in my name and it will be given to you. John 14. John 16, you haven't done this before, but come to the Father directly, ask using my name, and you will receive, and you will have abundant joy. Say, I will receive. Say, I will move. I've told you, some of you knew, you need to hear this, my second child. I began to tell this story last night at a God Tell, how my wife, she was diagnosed with 25 things under the sun. She had miscarriages early in our marriage. I mean, was, every time she'd get pregnant, she'd have a miscarriage. It was horrible. And then she got on medication, all, the, all these things, and we didn't know what I'm telling you. I didn't grow up learning this. This is why I'm so passionate about it, because I sat back, and the devil stole things from me. And because of my ignorance of that subject, the devil was able to do things that really I could have stopped. But I'm not going to live in gloom and doom and, oh, man, I wish, shoulda, coulda, woulda. No, I'm going to make the devil pay. Are you with me? And so we got a hold of this word. My wife, after our first child was born by the grace of God, we got a hold of this word. You know, I'll go ahead and just tell you. Turn to Isaiah 53. I wasn't planning on preaching on healing, but I, I, I feel this in my spirit. Isaiah 53. No, you're good. Isaiah 53. Maybe I can find it like I've read the Bible once or twice, right? Isaiah's after Genesis, right? <laughs> Isaiah 53, look at verse 4. Yet it was our weaknesses that he carried. It was our sorrow that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment of his own sin. So this was actually the prophet Isaiah prophesying about Jesus, the Messiah that was to come. So say Jesus. Look at this in verse 5. Guys, you need to grab a hold of this word right here. This word will, this one verse can set you free from a life of bondage. He was pierced for our rebellion. Can you put up uh, the new King James? He was pierced for our 
rebellion. In the New King James, it says, He was wounded for our transgressions. Say our transgressions. You know what your transgressions, what that means in the Bible? It means sin. Say sin. So Jesus was pierced for our sin. Okay? So when was he pierced? On the cross. He was nailed to a cross. There was nails driven through his hands. There was nails driven through his feet. There was a spear after he had died that was shoved into his side. He was pierced for our rebellion. No Christian, no, it doesn't matter if you're Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, no denomination of Christianity has a problem with that, that Jesus paid the price for your sin. Do you believe that? Jesus paid the price. There's this doctrine in the Bible called substitution. What does that mean? That he became sin so that through him I might become the righteousness of God. That God took sin and put it on Jesus. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So what happened? God took sin. Because sin was on Jesus, somebody had to die. So Jesus died so that we could have life. Jesus became sin and, and so that we could become the righteousness of God. God took what was on us and put it on Jesus and took what was on Jesus and put it upon us as a free gift. No Christian has a problem with that. Jesus, death is what's due to you. Death is what's due to me. Did you know that? We all deserve to die because we've all sinned against God. Who sinned in this room? Every hand should go up because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Jesus didn't only die, it actually says, though, that he descended. So not only is death our portion, but hell is our portion. Jesus went down to hell for us and took the keys from the devil and rose again from the grave. So say substitution. So it doesn't matter. You go to a Baptist church, they'll tell you. You go to a Methodist church, they'll tell you. You go to a Presbyterian church, they'll tell you. Catholic, they'll tell you. Jesus was pierced. He hung on a cross for your sin. Can you say amen? Okay, so if I asked you, did Jesus die for your sin, what would you tell me? Yes. How do you know? How do you know? Say, because the Bible says. I could turn to Isaiah 53 and say he was pierced for my sin. No problem with that, right? The, The verse doesn't stop there. The verse doesn't stop with he was pierced for our sin. Go on to read. It says, he was pierced for our rebellion. He was crushed for our sin. He was beaten so that we could be whole. He was whipped so that we could be healed. New King James says, and by his stripes we are healed. So say substitution. Not only did God put sin on Jesus Christ, the Bible actually says that God put sickness and disease and infirmity on Jesus Christ, tied him to a whipping post. You know, imagine this. It wasn't just like a a little leather strap. They took a whip that had bone in it, metal fragments in it. I mean, do do we have a picture? This is graphic. Do we have a picture of... Pull up a picture of Jesus. They took this whip that had bone fragments, metal fragments. It was just laced with these things. And they didn't just, okay, stand there. We're going to take some lashes. They would have tied, bent Jesus over and tied him to a post down here where his, the back, his skin would have been just stretched to the point. Uh, I, I, you know, there wasn't loose skin. I mean, it was just like tight skin. 
And it says that they took that and they just, they filleted him. They beat him. They abused him. You know, who's seen the passion of the Christ? It actually doesn't even do it justice because it says when they got done with Jesus, he was unrecognizable. They couldn't even recognize the man. Go ahead and put it up. Look how horrible this looks. I know you say that's graphic. You need to see this because this was the price that was paid for you. I don't care what religious devil I tick off that tells me healing's not for today. He took stripes so that I could be healed. If he was willing to do that, I'm not ashamed to tell you that God wants you healed. I'm not ashamed of who I offend because it's the devil that keeps people sick and it's the devil that keeps people in bondage. Jesus paid a price with his body. He took stripes so that I could be healed. If he was willing to do that for me, I'm not going to play patty cake with sickness and disease well you know we should be healed no it's got to get more than that in you if you're going to do that for me I refuse to be sick I refuse to die of COVID I refuse devil you can't do it because he paid he was my substitution that's what belonged to me and he took it for me and paid the price say 39 stripes Medical science, you can take it off. Medical science will actually tell you that all diseases, whether it's cancer, whether it's heart disease, whatever it is, they all are traced back to 39 root causes. Did you know that? So what was Jesus doing when he took every stripe? He was dealing with the root of every sickness and disease that exists. He paid the price for it. You understand the Bible says... Put that verse back up, Isaiah 53, 5, in the New King James. Hallelujah. Isaiah 53. By his stripes, we, does it say we're going to be healed? We are. Say, I am healed. The word of God says I am healed. Why? Because it says by his stripes. Let me ask you this question. When did Jesus take those stripes? Almost 2,000 years ago. Every time we get sick, is Jesus going to jump off the throne in heaven and take a few more stripes for us? No. He paid the price. He was pierced for our sin. He was beaten so that we could be whole and whipped so that we could be healed. That's why when it comes to sickness and disease, that's why when it came to her baby, she didn't have to pray, Lord, if it be thy will. She got a hold of the word of God and said, no, I know it's your will because your word says Jesus already did it. And so, devil, you must back up right now in Jesus' name. You don't have the right to kill. You don't have the right to steal. You don't have the right to destroy. Hallelujah. You can be healed. We got a hold of this word with our baby. Have you seen little Oki running around, little blonde-haired, blue-eyed girl? Got a hold of this word. Hypothyroidism, chromosome deficiency, protein S. Don't tell me. Listen, go sit back in your little den and think your stupid theological things. I'm going to walk in the promises of God. Well, I don't believe healing's for today. Okay, go convince yourself because you're not going to convince me. I've seen it with my own eyes. I'll continue the story. I'll tell you a recent testimony. I had, and it doesn't mean that the devil won't try, but listen, he'll try. The devil tried to tempt Jesus when he went into the wilderness, and Jesus responded the same way that you must learn to respond. If you are the son of God, turn these stones into loaves of bread. What did he say? It is written. 
Why, take them to the highest point. Why don't you jump off? Doesn't the word say that hills, angels will surround you? You won't even hurt your foot on a stone. It is written. You know what needs to come out of your mouth when the devil comes knocking on your door? It is written. Oh, the doctor said this about me. Really? Well, it is. Let me tell you what I think about it, devil. It is written. You know, I had these symptoms come on me where out of nowhere, I, I developed a gluten intolerance. I couldn't eat it. gluten. What is gluten? It's a protein found in bread or wheat. So anything that, guys, let me tell you, everything has wheat in it. <laughs> and it just, it messed me up. It hurt. It made my back hurt. It made my, my joints hurt. I'm 27 years old. I'm, not, I'm like, I got a long life. Man, if Christ don't come back, I'm going to be preaching the gospel till I leave this earth. I'm not going to retire. I'm not going to stop. Amen. I plan on being 80 and taking more ground than I'm taking right now. Because that's my covenant portion. Eight, well, you know, that's, you got to get that kind of stupid stuff out of your mouth. Well, it, you know, you get older and problems come. The Bible says that those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. Even young men will grow weak and weary. But those who trust in the Lord, they'll find new strength. They'll, they'll soar high on wings like eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. They'll walk and not grow faint. The Bible said that Joshua had the strength of a 40-year-old when he was 80 years old. The Bible says that when Moses died at 120 years old, his strength never left him, and he kept perfect eyesight the entire time. At 100 years old, Abraham was having children and hiking up to the top of a mountain to offer his son Isaac on the altar over 100 years old. Say, strength is my portion. Say, long life. Long life. Long. You know, the Bible says, as many are your, as your days are, so your strength shall be. You got to get it is written. I'm so tired of seeing Christians. I see every time the winter rolls around, they'll post stupid things on Facebook, like a bowl of, like a little meme, a bowl of ibuprofen. This is my breakfast now that it's cold outside. Yeah, and guess what? From the, pro, from the fruit of your mouth, your stomach shall be filled. The power of death and life is in the tongue. You'll say, I'll have what I say. Say, I'll have what I believe. If I believe that God's a God that leaves me sick and just, leaves it up to chance, then that's exactly what you'll have. Boy, you can grab a hold of Bible faith and begin to speak to the mountain and command it to move. So I had these symptoms come on my body. I couldn't, I mean, and I never accepted it. Obviously, I changed the way that I ate some things because I didn't want to be miserable, but I never changed my confession. Like, well, this is just going to be my life from now on. This is just what I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. You know, it's all, sometimes God says yes, and sometimes he says no, amen? No, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with the resounding yes, which ascends to the Lord in the form of amen. amen. Say yes. yes. That means that in Christ, God gave us yes. Every promise in the Bible has been given to us in Christ. God's already said yes. Say he's already said yes. If it's a promise in this Bible, he's already said yes. Well, that's just going to be part of my life. No. I may have been experiencing those symptoms, but I kept, I kept taking Holy Communion. I kept believing. I kept confessing. This doesn't belong to me. 
And I got a hold of a word. We were in this 21 days of prayer and fasting. And one of the words uh, in Isaiah 48, is it 48, 58? 58's the fasting? Well, I'm like right here in Isaiah 54. Isaiah 58, part of fasting, and this isn't a message on um, fasting, but I want to tell you how faith works. Faith, you have to grab a hold of the word of God. She grabbed a hold not only of the written word. That night when we laid hands on her and said, you won't go to the hospital, guess what? She believed it. And guess what? She had it. In Isaiah 58, one of the benefits of fasting is it says your health will spring forth readily. That came alive in my spirit while I fasted for 21 days. And something, I think week number two, came up in my spirit where I just got sick of it. I said, Lord, I'm not fast. I'm not going to not eat for 21 days and come out of this thing with a gluten problem. I refuse. I told my wife. I didn't say, well, I'm, I'm hoping, amen, I'm believing that when we get done, I'll be healed. I told her, when I'm done, I will not have this problem anymore. I, we went to the store while I was still fasting. She started to go grab the gluten-free tortillas. I said, put it back, grab the normal ones. And guess what happened? When I came off that faith, every, after that fast, every, every problem that I had for a year and a half, totally gone. Totally, 100% gone. I ate Subway the other night. I ate McAllister's the other night. Miss Kim made me an apple pie I've been munching on every night. No problems. Because the word of God is true. But you have to grab a hold of the word of God. You can have what God says you can have in this word. Don't let any religious devil convince you otherwise. If someone else wants to be a loser, let them be a loser. But you've got to decide, I'm going to grab hold of the word of God. There's so many people that just, they don't believe this stuff. And so it's not enough for them not to believe it. They want to discourage you. And you believe in that prosperity stuff. Then you stay poor and I'll be blessed by the blessing of God. Stop. You just got to stop caring. Who cares what the devil thinks? I live for the approval of the one that's in heaven. I don't really believe in that healing stuff. Well, you know. Stinks to be you, because I believe it. We got a hold of this word. Jesus was beaten so we could be healed. My wife had already had miscarriages. Back to the story. And I'll, let me actually give you one more verse. Matthew 8, 17. I pray this gets in your spirit. If this will get in your spirit... None of you will die sick in this room. I'm telling you. You can hear, though, it's not magic, bippity bobbity boo pixie dust and fairy dust, something that I pray and say over you. You have to believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. How are you saved? Faith is so easy. The Bible says we're saved by faith. How is that practically look? Romans chapter 10. If you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth two things, Jesus Christ is the Lord God, raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. So not only are you saved by faith, every other promise of God is possessed by faith. The Bible says that in Hebrews chapter 11. So that means in healing, when it comes to healing, it's not enough just to, well, yeah, I heard a pastor say that I could have it. Uh, I don't know what I think about that. 
You have to use your, you have to believe it in your heart. Get totally convinced of God's word. I'm telling you guys, we don't, like, when our kids get sick, they don't stay sick long. I don't put up with it because something shifted. When I saw that, I was looking at that me- a, a medical report on social media one time. Some doctor basically looked at the scriptures, looked at the culture, looked at the process of crucifixion, and they, they painted a picture of what Jesus actually would have looked like. When I saw that, I said, I'm done. I'm done. We will not have this, period, period. And so... uh Every promise of God starts with believing it in your heart. Say, I must believe it in my heart. But here's the problem. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Why do most Christians never believe it in their heart? Because no one ever told them. Guys, I'm telling you, listen to me. Listen, I'm not saying we're better than anyone else. No, but can I give you a key to life? Stop yoking yourself together with dead religious churches. Well, I go to this church. There's no fire. There's no power. There's no. I literally have so many testimonies that I don't have enough time to tell you all of them. You gave me a testimony. Tristan gave me a testimony. Brooke gave me a testimony how she was healed like last week when she came to church. The power of God's real. People, but they'll stay hooked into a dead religious system. Why? Well, that's where grandpappy went. You're going to let your life be determined by where grandpappy went? Something's got to shift in you where you decide, as for me and my house, we're possessing the word of God. We're possessing the promises of God. My children will have what I didn't have. Hallelujah. So every people, they don't believe because they're not told. It's not preached. Why is it not preached? Well, Brother John, you because pastors and ministers, they're afraid of the persecution. Well, you mean to tell me that you believe it's God's will for you to be healed every time, all the time? Yes, absolutely, I do, and I'm not ashamed of it. Well, if I start preaching that, there may be somebody else that doesn't like that. Who cares? Don't like it. Are you with me? Well, that church, they preach prosperity. Yeah, because we preach the Bible, and the Bible talks about prosperity. You start preaching that prosperity, there will be people that don't like it. Fine then, don't like it, and we'll win people that actually want to possess the promises of God. Are you guys with me? I'll go ahead and warn you. Listen, I love you. I love every one of you. Does, everybody, does, every, does anyone feel judged in the room? Do you feel loved? Good, I hope that you feel loved. But I'm going to tell you, this is not just a church that accommodates everything. Well, I don't like this. I don't like that. Well, this is who we are. This is what we believe. Amen. If you grab a hold of it, it'll change your life. If you don't want anything to do with it, it, this may not be the place for you. But I believe that I'm talking to a room of overcomers. Are you with me? You have to believe it in your heart. You have to confess it with your mouth. Well, I believe the Lord heals. You know, you'll talk to lots of good Pentecostals. I believe Jesus healed me. But then they're the ones posting the stupid Facebook posts. Here's my breakfast on December 1st, a bowl of ibuprofen. Really? Really? You believe that? that, uh, You don't really believe what you say you believe. 
Because the Bible says from the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your words will prove what you actually believe. I believe the Lord bless. I believe Jesus has the victory. Really? But you walk around crying about the devil every day? The devil did this. The devil did that. The devil. Really? So you don't believe that Jesus actually bought you the victory, that you have victory, you have authority. You don't believe that because your confession proves what you believe. What I love in her story, Sister Hannah, she said that when, when the doctor said that, the midwife, call 911, she said before her flesh could even respond, out of her spirit, she said, he will live, he will breathe, we will not go to the hospital. Hallelujah. Look at Matthew eight 17. Let's settle something here. That evening, verse 16, verse 16. Matthew 8, starting in 16. Anybody getting something out of this this morning? Hallelujah. That evening, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word. Put it in the NLT, please. I want you to see this. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. I like this word. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command. Say simple command. I saw this picture recently of, the, of Jesus, right? He was on a table, and he was arm-wrestling the devil. And you had Jesus, and you had this big Darth Maul-looking devil. You know what I'm talking about? Red, black little horns, and he was all buff, and they were arm-wrestling. There ain't no, there's no battle. There's no competition. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2 that he disarmed spiritual forces. In fact, it says in Colossians 2 that he made a show of them publicly. So when Jesus conquered the devil, he didn't just win. It's, he went to hell and, and made a fool of the devil. Put that sucker in a cage and marched him around and said, I'll show you who the king is. I'll show you who has power. I'll show you who has authority. That Jesus could cast out a devil with a simple command. All right, we, we, we got to get ready to fight the devil. All right, we got to pray and fast for 16 days and you, you got to do all this stuff. You, you, the Bible says in Luke 10, 19, not only did Jesus have authority over the devil, he said, I've given you Authority over all the power of the devil. Amen. Say, I have it. But going to read here, it says, He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command. He healed how many of the sick? How many? Wait, wait, hold on a second. I thought sometimes God says yes and sometimes God says no. Wait, didn't, didn't Jesus, didn't sick people come to Jesus and he say, actually, my sister, it's, it, the Father has a will for you that's above your own will, and, and it's, it's my will, really. The, the, I'm trying to teach you something through this sickness. Why do we teach that kind of crap in the church when it's not in the Bible? He healed all the sick. Say all the sick. There was never one person, whether there was a woman with issue of blood, whether it was leprosy, whether it was a demon-possessed person, whether they had epilepsy, every single time he healed them all. Why? Because it was God's will for them all to be healed every time. The Bible actually says that the son 
is the express image of God. If you want to know what God's like, just look at Jesus. He healed all the sick, and then look what it says about him. This fulfilled the word of the Lord through the prophet Isaiah, who said, He took our sicknesses. He removed our diseases. Say, he took them. Say, he removed them. Hallelujah. Here's my sickness right here. It's this little iPad for this illustration. I give it to you. You're me, I'm Jesus. That's my sickness. If, I, if I'm Jesus and I walk up and I take it, it's mine. Now give me my iPad. You can't give it to me. Why? Because you don't have it. Because I already took it. It's not yours. Does, it's not on you. It doesn't belong to you. He took it. Say, he took it. That's why I'm not striving. I'm not trying to get healed. I am healed in Jesus' name. So my wife, we got a hold of this. Remember, she had had all these miscarriages already. And um, I remember she went to this, a specialist. They, they, gave, they ran blood work, and they, uh, they told her, you need to go to Tyler. You need to get some special tests done. She went to go get special tests done. The doctor came back and told my wife, this is what's wrong with you. And basically, here's our, our path forward. You're going to need to come take shots. What was it, once a week or twice a week? One time every single week. And what these shots will do is help you because he said, basically, if you leave this untreated, you will probably develop a, a blood clot in the umbilical cord and it will kill the child in the womb. That's why you've been having these miscarriages. Guess what? Well, we just got a hold of this word. So I'm going to tell you the devil, he throws words out that, that in our flesh, he makes certain things bigger than others. Like the C word, cancer. You, you know, a lot of people say, oh, I believe God could heal me of a head cold, but then you throw the C word out, and it, <gasps> guess what? It's the same to God. One ain't bigger. That's not a big mountain. That's not too hard. The God that made a man from the dust of the earth, you think that he can't recreate an organ? He can't fix my eyesight. He can't fix my hearing. He can't, he can't do a supernatural work on the inside of me. Maybe if you serve a dead God... But Jesus is resurrected. He's alive. So the doctor gives us this report. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, in that moment, we had, a, we had a, it was a test of our faith. She called me and said, they're wanting to get me on these, this medication, on these shots. And we decided, are we going to do it? Are we going to stand on the word of God? And listen to me, I'm not giving you medical advice. Are you listening to me? I'm just telling you the truth, what happened. We're going to stand on the word of God. And so we basically went out there saying, Lord, the world's telling us this baby's going to die like all the other miscarriages. This is the report. But your word says by his stripes we are healed. So we're going to step out of the boat onto the word of God. You know what? And she told the doctors, I won't, we refuse the treatment. And the doctor looked at her and said, let me get you to sign a waiver basically so that when your child dies, it won't be our fault. Guys, I'm going to tell you, in the flesh, most people would have just folded. Oh, never mind. You know what? Let's just do the, let's just do the treatment. We, we're healed. She's healed. We believe that. She is healed. These things, Jesus already paid the price for them. 
And so basically we go on about the pregnancy and, and we just kept standing in faith and standing in faith. And the Lord had me write specific things. I'll give you one example. Are you guys okay this morning? Do you enjoy this more than just like a religious rehearsed sermon? Let me look up a verse for you. It's in the book of Exodus. Exodus 23. Exodus 23, 25. Look at verse 25. You must serve only the Lord your God. If you do. I will bless you with food and water, and I will protect you from illness. Put it up in the New King James. Exodus 23, 25. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will bless. Anybody have a new King James Bible? Let me see. You got it open? Y'all give Brother Chance a round of applause. Exodus 23. I love what it says in the new King James. So you shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and water. And look what he said. I will. He didn't just say, I'll protect you from illness. I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. It's not what Jesus said. He took our sicknesses. He removed our diseases. Isn't that what we just read? Well, Brother John, that was in the Old Testament. That's not for us. Then what was Jesus talking about in Matthew 8, 17? Why did the Bible say that? Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church, and they'll pray over you. They'll anoint you with oil, and their prayer offered in faith shall raise them up, shall heal the sick. The New Testament church didn't have this dumb idea that all of that was just for some distant time, but didn't belong to them. He said, Exodus 23, 25, one more time, he said, um, So you shall serve. I was looking at 23. Sorry about that. You shall serve the Lord your God. I'll bless you with bread and water. I'll take sickness away from the midst of you. And it goes on to say, not one, say not one, no one, not one, no one shall suffer miscarriages or be barren. No one shall suffer miscarriages or be barren in your land. I will fulfill the number of your days. It says in the NLT, there will be no miscarriages or infertility in your land. Say no miscarriages. You know, and that's what the devil will do. There'll be family. We had people try to tell us when my wife was having miscarriages. They said, well, maybe it's God's will that you adopt. 
If God wants me to adopt, he doesn't have to kill my wife and my child in the womb. All he has to do is speak to me by the Holy Ghost and say, adopt a child. Okay, Lord, yes, sir, no problem. Well, maybe his ways are higher than your ways, so he wants you to, that's the devil talking. No miscarriages. So we got in the word, and I saw this, and I said, according to the word of God, miscarriages is not my portion from the Lord. Miscarriages is not a part of the blessing of God. It's not God's will that she has a miscarriage or infertility. Well, we've had a hard time getting pregnant. Multiplication is your portion from the Lord. Hallelujah. And he says, I will give you long, say long, full lives. Well, how many of you know we could all die at any time? I could die at 35. I could die at 40. Long life. Say long life. Psalms 91. I will give you my salvation and satisfy you with long life. I've determined either two, one or two things is happening because of the word of God. I'm not just up here making stuff up. This is what the Bible says. Either I'm going with the church in the rapture or I'm going to live out my days with a long life on the earth. No car accident's going to take me out. No sickness and disease is going to take me out. No cancer is going to take me out. Can you say amen? And the same is true for you if you are in Christ. Praise God. And so we started to stand. No miscarriages. By his stripes we're healed. He took our sicknesses and our diseases. We began to stand on that word. And we began to go back to the doctor. Certain things would get better, we go back, and now they say, oh, now you got gestational diabetes. Long story short, we stood on the word, we stood on the word, we stood on the word, and because of all these diagnoses, they told my wife, we're going to induce you. You need to be medically induced. So that was like the worst decision. If we could say we'd do anything different, we would have told them, you can take that induction and send it back to hell. We don't receive it. That's what we would have told them. That's just where we were at at that time. And so we went ahead and did it. So my wife had to go into the hospital. She's in there for two days. Guys, they start running blood work on her, right? They had received all these charts of all the stuff that was wrong with her. And then now she's hooked up in the hospital. They start running blood work on her. And their nurses are coming back and literally telling her, why are you here? What do you mean? Well, you came in with this, you know, mile-long medical chart, but everything that we're, all the tests that we're running on you, you don't have any of the stuff that's in these charts. What is that? Is that a a coincidence? No. Faith works. The Word of God works. So she went on to deliver Oakland, and here's a miracle. Say, speak to the mountain. When Oakland came out, similar. Oakland came out, and my wife delivered her so fast that she came out unresponsive. She, she traveled through the birth canal way too quick. It's actually not good for the baby. They don't have time to release pressure and different things. My wife, what time did you go into labor? You were dilated at a two. And, and, and within 20 minutes, 30 minutes, she went from two to the babies here in 30 minutes. Yeah, it was, in, it was insane, all right? It was, I wouldn't recommend it. When the baby comes out, they don't let me cut the cord. In fact, she cuts the cord. She grabs my child, and she begins to run off. She gets on her walkie and says, we need help. We need help. We need help. Send EMT. Send the doctor in here. And nurses begin to flood the room, and they throw my, 
my child on the table, and they begin to operate on her. No cry, as wide, I mean, as wide as a sheet, as wide as a ghost, just no life in her. They were trying to keep her distracted, so she's like, where's my baby, where's my baby? Guys, and I'm telling you, there's, faith isn't only something that comes from the word of God. There's actually a supernatural gift of faith that comes from the Holy Ghost. In that moment, just like Hannah said, before my flesh could kick in, because I had taken time to hide God's word into my spirit, my spirit kicked in. And Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. I felt it that day. It started flowing out of me. And listen to me, I ain't ashamed of it. I'll tell you what happened. I began to pray in other tongues. Just out of me. And my wife said, I don't even remember this, but my wife said, instead of panicking, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? I don't know. I'd just be out of my innermost being when I needed the comforter. He didn't just be a warm, fuzzy blanket. He brought me deliverance. It started flowing out of me. I began to pray in other tongues. My wife said, I don't remember this. I walked up to where they, I, I just walked right past the nurses and walked up to the side of that bed. And, and, and it, it, it felt like, the way I could describe it is like a cat hawking up a hairball. I felt it here. I felt it start here. This word, it started here, and it just started. It came up. And, I, and I, out of my spirit, I said, I command you to live in Jesus' name. And I slapped my hands, and I watched her. I watched her white, lifeless body. I watched at the, uh, on her heel, it began to turn pink. And I watched the pink run up her foot, run up her leg, run up her torso. And when it hit the top of her head, she began to cry. She began to breathe. She lived. They went and ran tests on her that day. And they said, man, she's as healthy as you could be. I'm telling you, there's another way to live. People think that you're missing out, giving your life, oh, I'm missing out on the, what, on the devil? Everything, anything that, well, you know, if I follow Jesus, my life's going to stink, but at least I'll get to go to heaven. No, 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 no. (laughs) I've seen God not only bring, well, how many of you know, your life will be horrible, but he'll bring you joy anyways. Your life's going to just be miserable, but you'll have peace through the misery. Amen. And you'll go to heaven when you die. When Jesus meant life and life abundantly, he didn't mean afterlife. He meant earth life. I've seen God bless me. I've seen God heal my children. I've seen God heal my wife. I've seen God bless me financially. I'm 27. Things that I could have never have done for myself. I didn't go to some other education. I don't have some seven-year degree. I've seen God do it. He gives the best gifts to his children. Don't ever let religion lie to you. I don't believe in that stuff. Fine then, don't believe it. But at Revival House Church, we're going to believe it and we're going to have it. Every bit of it. If he said it, we're going to have it and we're not going to apologize for it. Well, Brother John, if that's true. If that's true. If that's true, then how come my grandma died? I don't know why your grandma died, but what you can do is a studying let the devil. Because listen, it says that he comes to kill. But there's more than he does. Because after he takes someone, 
he's able to infiltrate the family and carry out the rest of his plan. He, he doesn't only want to kill, but you see a loved one die. And then because a loved one die, it, it hardens the heart of that family. It hardens the heart of the person in that situation. And then now all of a sudden what? The enemy not only killed, but he got into their life and he stole their destiny. He stole and destroyed everything else. Now there's a divorce. Now families are separated. Now you've walked away from the call of God. And his plan worked. And I'm going to tell you, you say, well, how come someone died? Listen, if they're a believer, you'll see them again very soon. Very soon. But instead of sulking, well, why, did this, why did this one die? Get a hold of the word of God and make the devil pay. Oh, you want to take out my family member with sickness? I am going to destroy your kingdom, devil. I am going to preach healing. I'm going to go into the highways and byways. We're going to go into the neighborhoods. We're going to go to God tell. We're going to go into the city. We're going to preach Christ and him crucified. We're going to lay hands on the sick. We're going to rescue people out of the kingdom of darkness. Instead of, hallelujah, instead of letting the devil just steal and destroy, make him pay. You will pay for what you, God didn't do this. He's a good God. And I'll tell you, why did someone die? Listen, I don't know if they didn't know. Maybe, maybe it's a lack of faith on the minister. I always tell people, if I pray for you and you don't get healed, blame me. I need to pray more. I need to fast more. I need to build up my faith. Don't blame God. Don't, it's not him. Because I, I bet you, well, if Jesus was here, your grandma would have lived. No doubt. If Jesus was here, your child would have lived. If Jesus was here, that situation, you could have brought all the sick. And he, because, hallelujah, we have the same capacity. But it's just, an, it's really a matter of just stop thinking like an American. Stop thinking like Uncle Buck taught you. Get out of the flesh. Get out of this little temporary mindset and get transformed by the word of God start thinking like the seed of Abraham as Christ is so am I in the earth hallelujah praise you Jesus praise you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah Thank you, Lord. You can be healed. Say, I can be healed today in Jesus' name. Lord, bless them for being hearers of the word in Jesus' name. If you would like to sow a seed or partner with this work that the Lord is doing, check out the description of this podcast or go to www.rhctx.com forward slash give. You can find all the ways to give on that page. Thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. Until next time, this is John Wallace.